I mean, just sort of like trying to describe uh, the phenomenon of going through psychoanalysis, I do feel like people come out the other side or, well, I mean, okay, so for the most part, people in psychoanalysis think nothing happens. I think that's the majority of psychoanalytic experiences. Um, but for the people who think that psychoanalysis works, and I'm always interested to talk to these people because again, for most people, uh, they think that they're just going to go. Um, I think that for the people who thinks that it works, that they, that, that they do feel like something has been lifted, that something has been lifted, not necessarily that they're healthier or that they are you know, better adapted to society, but that they were determined in some way and now they're a bit freer from that, that determination, right? And I think in the creative process of psychoanalysis, you can sort of gain new perspectives on, you know, your parents, your childhood, um, your, you know, maybe like traumatic instances uh, yeah. and come to be freer than you were previously. I mean, Freud, yeah. Freud has this well-known um, line from one of his early case histories, which is that the goal of psychoanalysis is to transform hysterical misery into common unhappiness. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's great, you know, I mean, you could take that bleakly, That's but uh, at the end of it, you are, you might not be happier, but you're a bit freer. And I think right. that that's the kind of liberatory element in psychoanalysis. Yeah, it's a great line. And um, in a way, I think it's kind of the, um, it's, um, it's modest, kind of it's apparent modesty disguises um, just what a kind of tremendous proposition it is in some ways. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's um, it's a huge undertaking, um, and I, I think that that's actually what's unique about psychoanalysis amongst the different psychological disciplines. Like, it's not promising, you know, that you can uh, go back to work happier or that you know you don't fall into spirals of depression. Like, that's that's not what it's promising. It's promising that you are free from uh, some kind of determination and compulsion that hadn't been worked through. And that you can, you know, be be free of those compulsions, not in a total sense, but be a little bit freer. And I think that's a huge undertaking, like you say, and um, uh, something that should be retained from psychoanalysis. Yeah, such a great way to put it in terms of um, in terms of freedom, or that's the possibility. That's what you're striving um, towards, in some sense. But in, I guess with reference to analysis of politics or the psychoanalytic analysis of politics, um, what do you think that psychoanalysis can do to analyze no politics? Because um, I think this is probably what we would have said was one of the characteristics of the um, end of history period that we're, we're kind of maybe stumbling out of at the moment. Um, can, yeah, can psychoanalysis contribute to an analysis of um, politics in this context. And actually, I just wanted to add something to that as well. I mean, because I think the temptation is that maybe psychoanalysis seems more appropriate to a period in which there is no politics um, than to a period where there is politics. Because when there's politics, you need political analysis. And when there's no politics, you need maybe a critical sociology or, or psychoanalysis. So to explain the absence, the politics yeah. should be there. Why isn't yeah. it there? Yeah, yeah. 